Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. The cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. you're not that great. I'm a bad man. I don't want excited about tomorrow night's card, man. I like it. I think it's uh I think it's gonna turn out well. Before we get fully into that card, um it was pretty kind of a uh mundane week in the world of mixed martial arts in terms of news. Nothing uh unless I'm missing something, nothing real life changing. Was there anything big that caught your hot caught your eye in this past week, uh um, you know, other than other than CM Punk finally, uh, or Phil Brooks, whatever you want to call him, finally getting to make his debut and the uh, talk of Donald Cerrone and Robbie Lawler, nothing, uh, nothing really, nothing really jumped out at me. What about you? No, not really. I mean. The um, Robbie Lawler and uh, Donald Cerrone fight is an interesting fight. I I, uh, 
you know, for a, from a striker's point of view, that's a um, that's a pretty hefty fight. I just I wonder. Robbie Lawler is a uh, very big, 170 pounds, and Alteroni is a guy who moved up from 170 or from 155. Who even early in his career, there was talk that he would move to 145. Um, I wonder if the Cowboy might have bitten off more than he can chew. You know, I don't know, man. He looks pretty healthy when he fights at 170. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking he probably only cuts, what, five, six pounds to make that weight. He looks full. He doesn't look like he's, uh, you know, you know, starving. He says uh, he actually did say in an interview that, you know, he said 60, he said, when I get down to, I can get down to 65 and then when I go 65 to 60, I'm good. And then that last five pounds is what kills me because I'm strung out. I'm starving because five pounds doesn't seem like much, but it's a lot when you get down to that point. That'll be an interesting fight and a good, um, a good card to be on in the New York city card. Um, I'm looking here, and it looks like they've added another fight with Sean Evans and uh, Tim Kennedy at middleweight. Two guys who I think uh, are trying to kind of solidify themselves at, at 185, I guess. Rashad seems to be kind of towards the end of his career, and I don't know if uh, Tim Kennedy has the plague or what, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it seems to me like this guy hasn't fought in a long time. Am I wrong about he that? He hasn't. It seems like he's been around. Yeah, I don't know where he's been, and I don't know if maybe he just hasn't wanted to fight. You know, he was hunting Hitler for a little while. Um, he was doing some other things, so you know, maybe maybe he's getting close to the end of his career, but I think he is still interested. I, I think he wants interesting fights more so than anything else. Yeah, his last fight was uh, the uh the Yo Romero fight where, where where the one where Romero failed to uh get off the chair in time and then I believe he ended up failing the was that the one he failed the drug test after two? I, I don't I don't know for sure but uh I think I yeah, I don't think he's fought since then. I don't remember uh yeah, I didn't I don't think he has fought since then. And I could be mistaken. So if uh, anybody out there, you know, is thinks I'm just speaking out of turn, I'm fine with that. You can think that because that that is the last time I remember seeing seeing Tim Kennedy uh, actually uh, get in there and fight. That's a lot of time off for that guy. Um, I, I don't know, man, but. Uh, anyway, it, it's not a bad fight. I, I like that fight. I think uh, both those guys are, are both solid fighters. Rashad Evans, of course, a former champion. Tim Kennedy, a former title contender in Strike Force. I don't think he won the belt in Strike Force. Who's that? Tim Kennedy? No, he didn't. He lost it. Uh, lost both his title shots there in Strike Force. But, uh, yeah. Nevertheless. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Tim Kennedy Tim Kennedy is a uh fun person to watch fight. He you know, he always brings it he always wants to fight. 
He's always in good shape. He's always got good cardio. So, um, I think he's got. I think he beats Rashad Evans. I just, you know, I think Rashad, Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans is, I think, is slowly on his way out, man. I think, uh, you know, it's time to say, hey, let's uh, let's hang it up. I don't. I. It just doesn't seem like you know he's out there to make another run right now. You know, it's hard to argue against that. I think what we've seen from Rashad Evans is kind of like I don't see the fire. I guess that I felt or. or you know, that, that fire that he had, you know, he looked awful against Ryan Bader, got yeah. finished by Glover Teixeira. You know, the, the last fight that he really, really, really just looked great was probably 2011 against Tito Ortiz. I mean, you know, he finished Chel Sonnen pretty quickly, but that wasn't something where we just thought, wow. Yeah. He kind of, he kind of got jail towards the end, too. To a, yeah, definitely. Um, but, man, without much much more to talk about, let's just get right into UFC 203. Uh, let's card. do a, 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 hey, J, hey, real quick, and I just want to make mention of it, man. I watched the UFC Fight Pass card. I watched Barnett and Arlovsky throw down. And I wasn't sure how Arlovsky was going to handle it, but it went three rounds. It was a great back-and-forth fight. And then I watched Josh Barnett Kimura roll backwards. Andre Arlovsky flipped him over, mounted him, and choked him out. I, I mean, I've never seen two guys that size move like that. It was... Uh, it was not your usual Andre Arlovsky fight. It was a really good fight. It was not your usual Andre Arlovsky fight. He was actually taking Josh Barnett down, and uh, it was it was a pretty interesting fight. So if, uh, you guys missed that one. It was on Fight Pass, and it was it was an entertaining fight. Yeah, I saw that fight too. The first round was especially good. Uh, both guys kind of getting getting dropped, I think, if I remember correctly. And yeah, um, Josh Barnett really controlled. Most of the clinch, I felt like, which kind of like I oh, think yeah. was what we expected him to do. And, um, you know, once he got it to the ground, I think he mounted him in the second, mounted him in the uh, in the third before he, he finally finished him off. But, yeah, I, I remember that, uh, that God, like, standing. I don't know what you would call that. It's like if you're on the ground, it's, a, it's like a sweep. But he did it while he was – while they were standing where he caught that at Kimura and just – Flipped them all the way back. Uh, very impressive stuff from uh, the War Master. I heard him say in an interview that he chose War Master because Super Mega Destroyer was probably already taken. Super Mega. <laughs> well, you know, Josh, Josh Barnett admits to playing like role playing games and, you know, like that, so I, you know, I would think that he got the War Master somewhere, somewhere in uh, one of those. So, uh, hey, the War Master, hey, rightfully so, man. That guy has been around for a long time. He's fought probably the best of the best, and uh, I would, I would venture to say he's, uh, he's, he's probably finished the best of the best. So, 
you know, great job, uh, great job, Josh Barnett. Man, I'd like to see him make another run and, you know, get to the top there if he could. Man, you know, he's a great wrestler, submission guy, stand-up. Quench guy. Average. I, I, I don't think, man, I mean, he's, they got him ranked seventh. And it really shifts once you get above seventh from, you know, the fringe guys to guys that are just good at just about everything. You know, you got Cain Velasquez, Fabricio Verdun, Junior Santos. And I'm with you, man. I would like to see Josh Barnett maybe get another title shot, but wow, I just don't, man, I don't think he matches up very well with any of those guys that I just named. Yeah, not unless he ties them up in the clinch and just wears them out. You know, because he's real strong in the clinch, man. I mean, when he ties somebody up, he wears on them, he holds them, and it's uh, it's really it's really cool to watch him work on the inside, the way he sneaks in the elbows, the short elbows, the uppercuts. It's uh, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, his dirty boxing is it's up there with the best of the best that, that I think I can remember ever seeing. You know, Randy Couture was another guy who was really good at that. But uh, Josh Barnett, man, he, he, he can get, if he can get a hold of you, uh, it, it's going to be a long, long night for you. <laughs> well, hey, you know, props to Arlovsky. He didn't get knocked out. Yeah, the glass jaw was uh, not really – didn't come into play. He held up. I gotta wonder though, where does where does a guy like that go from here? I mean, obviously, you know, you just you, you have to move on to the next fight, right? I mean, that's obvious. But he came in, won, you know, four fights in a row. Now he's lost three fights in a row. Um, I gotta think that that's probably it for him in terms of contender and title shot at at, at 37 years old. Yeah, it's hard for him to fight his way back to the top at this point. You know, he he went on a good run there. He was good for a little while, and then uh, and now he's starting to go backwards. He's starting to sink. And uh, you know, while I'd like to believe Andre Olaski could get back up there again, it's just man, the heavyweight division is so crazy. It's you just never know. I mean, I don't even think the rankings matter. I think if you take the te- the top ten guys and you just put them in a pool. Right, I think your top seven guys are all within, you know, knocking the other guy out or finishing him on any given day. I mean, we saw Ben Rothwell choke Josh Barnett out at one point. I mean, it's just the the heavyweight division is kind of nuts right now. So UFC 203 is tomorrow. Oh, wait, before we get on that, uh, just one more quick note on – on, on that five-pass card. Alexander Gustafson, Gustafson got a good win, a win that we both expected to happen. Um, yes. But I was pretty impressed by uh, Jan Blakovic, uh, I guess was his name. Yeah. He, he didn't get dominated. He got beat, but I didn't really – I thought, uh, thought he put up a pretty good fight. Um, 
you know, especially in the first round, I thought he, I thought he had some pretty good confidence going. But once Gustafson kind of got into a groove, I, I, it, it just it wasn't going anywhere else from there. You know, yeah, he busted up Gustafson pretty well there. I mean, if Gus hadn't have taken him down, who knows what would have happened? That that might have been a fight that uh, could have gone the other way. So uh, I'm I'm expecting to see some uh, big things out of that guy. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking in the first round, I was like, "Oh man, if Augustuson doesn't kind of do something here, yeah, uh, Michael was gonna sneak one in on him." He opened up pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, he got opened up quick, and you know, you know, for one, it's one thing to say, "Hey, well, you know, guys like Gustafson always get opened up," but you know, they're only getting opened up if they're getting hit. So that just means they're getting hit a lot, which is still not good. So, you know, that just, uh, you know, props to the other guy, right, for uh, for for finding for finding a way to open up Gustafson and, you know, really, uh, really give him a good fight. So finally, CM Punk is going to fight. Tomorrow night. Yes. I mean, there's still a chance that he might not fight. But as far as we know, he's going to fight Mickey Gall. Um, nobody's given this guy a chance. I, I don't think, uh, I think very, very few people have picked CM Punk. Um, when I look at both of these guys, they have, you know, Mickey Gall's, what, two? You know, he's got a handful of amateur fights, one pro fight, and let's just I be think honest, he's only two and up. So he's got two. Okay, I'm wrong then. He's got two. But the guy he fought in the UFC, Michael Jackson, that guy's not even a fighter. I, I, I don't care what they might have tried to tell you when they fought. That guy's an MMA writer who just trains, like, on the side. So... The level of competition that he got in the UFC was a complete rollover, and we saw that as he finished him, like, in two minutes or something. Are people completely underestimating CM Punk because he's a former professional wrestler? Are they not giving this guy any chance at all because of that? I think, you know what, I don't think it's because he's a former professional wrestler. I think it's because he's never had a fight. You know, but granted, yeah, I think I was watching either the vlog or it was the count. I was watching one of them, and they both kind of said the same thing. CM Punk made a comment as to say, hey, you know what? He can't find any tape on me, but really, there's not really that much tape on him either because he's not really had that many fights. He's only 2-0. Oh. So it's it's not like... I'm getting thrown to the wolves and, you know, it's not like he's, you know, just getting, you know, he goes, it's, it's a pretty evenly matched fight. And, uh, you know, Mickey Gall kind of said the same thing. He goes, well, you know, he doesn't have any fights. You know, there's not really any tape on him. Well, I mean, you know, in all fairness, you know, to take uh, CM Punk's side on that one, there's really not that much tape on Mickey Gall. He just, you know, found his way in, to a fight, you know, with a record of 2-0, and so, you know, 
that's going to be his. Uh, you know, that's going to be that's going to be his rise. You know, he said, "Hey, I'm going to try to make a name off of this guy because he's a name, but he's he's not really a name. He's just, you know, he's a he really he's just a celebrity, and he doesn't even take." Phil Brooks doesn't take the fact that he was a celebrity somewhere else into this at all, right? He doesn't. He doesn't do the talk. He doesn't do anything of that nature. He he's taking it pretty seriously. He's training and he's uh, and he's looking to fight. Yeah, no, he's definitely done it done it the right way, um, you know. And I said this before, you know, CM Punk loses, it won't be for a lack of preparation. I mean, the guy is without question a hard worker. And yeah, he's a dedicated absolutely. guy. And, um, but you know, and this is something else that I said too when it was first announced that Punk was going was gonna to fight, you know, because everybody's calling him out, right? Everybody wants to fight him thinking, well, I'm going to make my name off of CM Punk or, or whatever. But let's just be honest, dude. I mean, if, if Mickey Gall goes out there and knocks out CM Punk in three minutes or chokes him out or whatever, what did he, he didn't really, really knock anybody out, right? He didn't right. do anything. He, he didn't really accomplish anything. All he did was knock out a guy who's never had a fight before. That's all he did. And but, right, so you, but you can't really loses. give him accolades. Yeah, and if but if he loses, then he lost to a guy who's never had a fight before. But at the same time, Mickey Gall's only two and zero. So let's say they were yeah. fighting in like a legacy, or they were fighting in an RFA or something like that. That's a matchup that somebody would make. They would match up a two and zero fighter or a one and zero fighter versus a guy making a debut. They, I mean, that's that's a fight they would make. So it's uh, it's just unusual to see it, you know, in a bigger promotion like that. But I mean, but but you're right. You're right. I mean, you know, what's what he can't really he can't really make his name off of that because he's not really, you know. Yeah, you know, if he came out, I don't know where they fought one seventy. Yeah. Right. If he came out and he fought, who's an old one seventy guy? I can't even think of anybody right now. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he came out and he found and he fought like an older one seventy guy, you know, pretty tough dude or something like that, and he beat him, you know, then you could say he's making a name. He fought some guys that had twenty fights or something like that, but. I mean, you know, for the most part, man, he's just, he's basically fighting another guy who's probably about as skilled as he is. Yeah, I mean, because a win over CM Punk, no matter how impressive it is, isn't going to get you a top 10 fight. It's not even going to get you a top 15 fight. It's not even going to get you a top 25 fight, probably. You're just the guy who gets to fight CM Punk, right? You know, because that was the big thing. He's coming over. Pro wrestling, you know, most people don't know is he's been out of pro wrestling for a while, just kind of kicking around, doing nothing, and uh, you know, wanted to do something else. So, the guy's an athlete, and uh, I've, I've watched some of his training videos and some of the stuff he's been doing, and you know, he's not taking it lightly. He's not thinking he's going to just walk in there and mow somebody. I mean, he's he's trained every aspect of it, and you know, he's uh, he's going to fight. And, and you know, in another aspect, I think uh, that, that might play into it, and it might not, but that that's the, the moment. And I know Mickey Gall's already fought in the UFC once. That's right. 
at this point, though, the pressure has to be – he has to feel a different kind of pressure. Right. Because he has more to lose, right, like we just said. CM Punk has wrestled and performed in front of 70,000 people. Right. I mean, he might have I, – I, I can't see this guy getting taken over by the moment. I mean, he'll probably have fight jitters because it's his first fight. But uh, I think he'll have fight overwhelmed. I think I he's going to have fight jitters. Yeah. I, you know, of course, he's going to have the octagon jitters, right? Everybody does. I don't think that – I don't think he's going to be nervous. He's going to be spectator nervous. He's going to be he'll, – he'll be fight nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah, anybody yeah. will tell you, right? Even even some of the boxers that have come over to MMA, they say, well, you know, when you, it's a different deal when you step into that octagon. It's a different world. So, you know, obviously he's, uh, I would think he's he's going to experience some of that. That might be an edge for Mickey Gall because he's already fought once in the UFC. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. I, 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 I am. Um I'll definitely, I'll def, I'm definitely looking forward to that fight, regardless of, of how it comes down. I guess if I had to make a pick, you know what? Everybody else is picking Mickey Gall. I'm going to pick uh, CM Punk. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with Brooks on this one. I'm going to do the think, same uh, thing. Because even if he because, loses, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, well, here's here's the way I look at it, right? Mickey Gall's two and zero, and and. Phil Brooks is 0-0. They're not really that much different. So, at that point, I can pick anybody. Yeah. I haven't seen enough of anybody to really say, hey, oh, man, oh, yeah, on paper, this is a murder. You know, you can't. You haven't seen enough of anybody. Yeah, and it really is a toss-up. It really is. But the odds makers have it shifted heavy on goal. But, uh, oh, of course I, they I, do. I don't. I don't. But I don't know that I see it that way. I don't know. I'm not a bookie, so. And another interesting fight on the card is, uh, and we'll move quickly because time's running away, Uriah Faber and Jimmy Rivera. I think this is a very important fight for Uriah Faber against a very oh, yeah. hungry Jimmy Rivera. It was 19-1. Uh, and one. Uriah Faber oh, can yeah. beat, has proven that he can beat anybody in the cage that doesn't have a belt around their waist. That is the truth, man. Uriah Faber, always game to fight and has uh, shut down a lot of people when it comes to being a gatekeeper. So, you know, he, if he uh, let, let's see let's see how uh, how hard he has to work to get it done tomorrow night. I'm anxious to see that. See how uh, how good he feels and how good he looks. Jimmy Rivera's on a pretty good run. Three in a row in the UFC. Uh, hasn't really beaten anybody of, of, of significance. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Faber on this one. I think uh, Faber's gonna do what he does and has to beat everybody without a belt. I'm always gonna root for the California kid. I've been a Uriah Faber fan for a long time, and uh, I got I'm gonna go with Uriah Faber tomorrow, and I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Asian experience wins it for him. Co-main event: Travis Brown, Fabricio Werdum, 
uh, rematch that uh, Brown lost previously. I'm going to uh, take Fabricio Verdum again. Yeah, me too. I think I think Verdum is uh, is just a better fighter. Bottom line, you know, not much to break down to me in my opinion. I just I just think Verdum's yeah. better. Now anything can happen, but I'm going to take Fabricio. And of course, the main event: Stipe Miocic. We're going to keep the gold in Ohio. Man, God, man, that's a arena. that's a hard one to call for me. I just, I really like Stipe, but Alistair Overeem, you know, if he plays his cards right and doesn't get, you know, hit <laughs> too hard or too flush, could win that fight tomorrow. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, on any given day, but, you know, as far as skills go, you would think Overeem beats him, but then I thought the same thing about Verdum and Stipe is a champ, so... Stipe is like a heavyweight Frankie Edgar. I'm going to say he keeps the belt tomorrow. Man, yeah, it's a tough one for me too. Um, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have to agree, man. I mean, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to agree on that. I just don't. We're going with Cleveland's finest. Overeem has proven that his, that his, his jaw is suspect too. Yeah. Anyway, that's gonna do it. We'll try to be back on Sunday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Don't forget to check out UFC 203 tomorrow night. Everybody have a great day.